This is the Hans Shot First Podcast. They don't know it, I'm telling you. We'll be talking in-depth about common movie moments from my dead body. With the mix of all things pop culture along the way. Yeah, all Scott. Okay. Welcome everyone to Hans Shot First. I'm Jeff, joined as usual by Scott and Alex. Say hello. Hello. Hey. This week, we're talking about Star Trek, colon, first contact. <laughs> the all-important <laughs> colon. Yeah. I think it's Star Trek 8 or 7? 8. Um, I think it's 8. pretty sure. Good. Undiscovered Country is 6. Generations, is that whatever it's called? Yeah, yeah. Seven. Yeah, I think you're right. Hey, Tom um, Hardy. What about Tom Hardy? Right. He was in one of the Next Generation movies. Mm-hmm. Oh. Nemesis. All right, well. Yeah. Oh, that one's terrible. Anyway, uh, this came out in 1996, directed by Jonathan Frakes, uh, based on the characters by Gene Roddenberry. What, what if I told you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, That's right. Gene Roddenberry, a story by Rick Berman, also Brandon Braga. The I don't know if these are like I'm getting killed here, and Ronald D. Moore. Yeah, so, who I so, know so, his uh, name is Battlestar. Yeah, I don't I don't know like if if it's the the same equivalency, but like so Roddenberry, you know, eventually became kind of a a <laughs> more more of a uh, like Lucas figure where he's just kind of in the background. And it was Rick Berman and Braga kind of doing everything, so like they're they're like the Dave Filoni slash Kathleen Kennedys of, of at least the Next Generation movies anyway. Gotcha. <laughs> and then the series, yeah. Yeah, yeah so and I know he... this. Ronald D. Moore went on to do Battlestar Galactica. Okay. I know that. Like he was he was the the guy for that show. Is Rick Berman related to Ingrid Berman? Sure. Yeah. yeah. He's okay. Swedish. Just like the Borg? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. Yeah. Good. All right. Uh, well, this movie's starring uh, Patrick Stewart, Jonathan Frakes, Britt Spiner, LeVar Burton, Michael mm-hmm. Dorn, Gates McFadden. I, I don't... See, I don't know most of these people. Rena Sertzness. Dum Dum Dugan. <laughs> yeah, Dum Dum Dugan. Uh, yeah, Rena Adam Sertis, Scott. That's, that's the cast. Yeah, I, I spotted Adam Scott. Um, I was like, "How old is this guy? Holy shit!" Yeah, Robert Picardo. Uh, I did. Uh, yeah. Neil cool. McDonough. I noticed. I never didn't know he was in this until I saw it this time. Yeah, I know him now. Adam Scott. I did not notice though. Well, it was, it was hard to tell because there was like a lot of stuff going on around him. Mm-hmm. He, has, he has a bunch of lines though. Yeah. Uh, what, we already mentioned uh, Murdoch, right? What's his face? Oh. Yes. Uh, so on the show, Barkley. Um, yes. Yeah, so that... Honorable mention for me. <laughs> that, that actually, me too. Actually got into to one of these movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Which guy? Um, what's his name? Uh, well, the guy, he's the guy Murdoch like, from the A-Team. Yeah. He wanted oh, to, really? He wanted to... He, he had the coil around in the campsite and he wanted to shake Dr. Uh, Cochran's hand. Oh, that was Murdoch? Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, God, what's his name? He does like a lot of voice work too. He's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. But I, on the show, uh, his character is an extreme introvert. 
and so he, he's like a a recurring character. He's he's definitely not part of the main cast, but he uh, he had a few episodes kind of revolving around that, and he would pop up in some of the other series as well um, on, on guest cameos. So he had like a this this like weird <laughs> thing where he was definitely a part of the whole thing, but very much ancillary. Okay, now. Uh, before we get into it, let's talk about our Star Trek uh, nerdum here. I think we've gone over it in the past, where I'm more of a Star Wars guy, Scott's more of a Star Trek guy, and I think same Alex is more like me than he is Scott. But I think we all kind of appreciate, at least appreciate Star Trek. Is that fair to say? Um, yes. Okay. Yeah, I. I <laughs> so I, I, but I'm not like. I definitely am nerdier about Star Trek than you guys, for sure. But I wouldn't put myself in the same level of fandom for Star Trek that you guys have for Star Wars. If that makes gotcha. any sense. Right. Yeah, it makes sense. And That'd are be... you a that's next said, generation that's... guy? Uh, Deep Space Nine. The, uh, but I, you know, I say I'm not the same level, but I've, I've seen like the run of the show like probably at least three times for Next Generation. <laughs> like, once, once when it came out as a kid, like you know, kind of watching that with my dad. And then it was just on syndication forever. It was like impossible not to watch it all, like multiple times. Yeah, through the years. Yeah. yeah. And so I could say for me, I watched. I think we mentioned it. When we've done the older ones. I've never really watched the TV show, the original, but I've seen all the movies. And for this, I didn't watch the whole series, but I de- there was a phase there where it was on late at night, and it became a routine, and I kind of started liking it like one summer or one school year so I would whatever was on TV late at night I would watch Next Generation and that was pretty much it for me I've seen a few of the movies they were very hit or miss like I love this one or I loved it we'll talk about this time around and um, mm-hmm. or like the one before it I think it was Generations that one I did not like I, I feel like that one gets kind of a bum rap but we'll we'll save that for like a minute yeah it's got Sauron in it, <laughs> it how could you how could you not like it and then the other one, Nexum or Jones, uh, Nexus. So there's Nemesis. Nemesis. There's well, mm-hmm. uh, there's in, in, and then brutal. Insurrection. In Insurrection Nemesis, and Nemesis, both of those were were kind of rough. But both, both of them had well, Insurrection had some good stuff going for it. But I I don't remember too much about <laughs> about Nemesis other than I saw it in the theater like roughly the same weekend it came out. And there was a dude in the theater that was super excited about everything that was going on, like, like, <laughs> like cheering, fist pumping. Like, I, I wish I was like half as enthusiastic as that guy was for anything. <laughs> and just also, like, I could tell you like four of the main characters' names, like Picard, Riker, Data, Worf, Jordy, and then. Like the the girls, I don't know their name. Number one, number two, I don't really know their <laughs> Beverly name. Crusher, uh, Deanna Troy. Yeah, there you go. Okay, see, I don't know their names. Um, it was Doctor Riker. There was the season when they the, didn't have Gates McFadden. It was Doctor Pulaski. There you go. What was the blonde lady that got killed? Tasha Yar. Yeah, Tasha Yar. Denise Crosby. Yeah. Okay, and then one last question. So this movie, this movie kind of takes place where. Or starts off with him having a flashback. Now I'm assuming that's from an episode of Next Generation where he becomes yes. Part of the so, Star Star Trek the the series um, the, the spot of change in the, in the more recent ones, where it was just always kind of like a, a, a villain of the week or adventure of the week kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but occasionally, you would have the two part episodes, 
And there was some rule for Star Trek the, that the writers and producers made it so that you would only ever have, like, two-parters. <laughs> you could never have, like, a three-parter. But I think, and I'm probably wrong about this, but I think the whole Borg thing might have been a three-parter. Um, but yes, it was a whole thing where Picard gets captured by the Borg and they turn him into one of them and then they figure out a way to to break him out of the collective and, and turn him back to normal. Okay. But are you saying that's Monster of the Week, but was there any ever continuing story? Like, would they recall that he was part of the Borg at one point or that they it, it comes after up... Romulan or whatever? Or... <laughs> I think it comes up in other episodes a little bit. But yeah, there, there wasn't like, there wasn't too much continuity there. Like, okay. there were like other episodes where they, they come across like Rogue Borg or something like that. Yeah, there was that one that they were able to free from the collective. He still had all those Borg parts because he needed them to live at that point, but he was like his own person yeah, after but, that. But it, yeah, but it wasn't like... So in this, they actually explore like the legitimate PTSD that he would have. I don't, I don't want to talk more about that, but... Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, in the show, they don't... I don't think they, they spend too much time on it. <laughs> okay. Because that's just not how those those shows worked, unfortunately. Like, and that's yeah. why I think I like Deep Space Nine more because they, there there was a much stronger through line, um, with what was kind of going on in the background um, from gotcha. the episode. All right, and then I had two more questions. So the the guy who invented the warp drive, this Zifram Cochrane, is that is that lore? Is that mentioned before this movie or no? I don't know. I yeah, I'm not even gonna speculate on that one. I, I, maybe the name got brought up at some point in one of the <laughs> one of the episodes for the original series or here. Okay, but it wasn't mm-hmm. like anything that I went in watching this originally, going, "Oh yeah, it's it's that guy." Like no, yeah, they're gonna meet Kit Fisto. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one, the Boar Queen. He when they meet, he goes, "Oh yeah, I remember you." Was that the same actress? Was that really a thing? No, that was, was that was a of... total retcon. Okay. That was they. They never even hinted at that in the in the original series. So, okay. Well, that answers my questions. Lead into it. I don't know if Alex or you guys had any other ones, but that was kind of, you know, it felt like you. This is the backstory. It's really not that important. Just know that at one point, he was part of the board. I mean, that's really yeah. the only thing that mattered. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I do from Star Trek lore that at some point. Earth stopped fighting with each other, and we started exploring. No, there's no money and all that. I never knew it was based off of this guy's warp drive and first yeah, contact. The, and all that. Is that retcon too, or I? They never really explain like what the thing is that, that brings humanity together. Um, before this, look, and, and they they actually explore this a little bit more in God Nerd Nine. <laughs> they actually explore this a little bit more in Deep Space Nine, um, where I I think I mentioned this in one of the previous episodes where they 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 travel back in time. To like 2024, <laughs> so like Uh-oh. three years in the future, and yeah, like Earth is like a hell is, is is a is a whole is a hellscape where they've uh, like basically every major city like in the in the world has is basically segregated like one section off of the poor, and they just kind of let people rot there, and that's kind of how society functions on Earth at that point. All right, <laughs> yeah, it's so, shaping up. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's funny because that was another two part episode, by the way. Speaking of two parters, and like throughout both episodes, all the characters are like, 
how do they let things get this bad? And then like, like, well, they eventually figured out how how bad things were and they fixed it in the future. And the whole time I'm just pulling on my collar going, <laughs> and this and this was mm-hmm. coming back from like 1990 whatever when they made this episode. So like, it's it's worse now than it was in 1996 or or whatever when they when they did that originally. But yeah, yeah, yeah it's 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 pretty bad. But um, yeah, they never explained that. I that's the one problem I I have now is is walking. I I think. They, I don't know how they have they done things in a newer um, series, but I think they kind of lampshaded the whole no money thing, or just like just stop talking about it altogether because it doesn't make mm-hmm. any sense. Like, because <laughs> on Earth there's going to be stuff like people are going to run restaurants, or they're going to be like a guy. No, but they gonna, they, they love clothes. doing it. That's why they do <laughs> it. No, no, it would not work that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love eating donuts. I would make donuts and then I would eat them because so it wouldn't cost anything. So a guy has a donut, donut shop and he sells like three donuts a day and everybody else is like going to pay for that. Like, but how are they going to pay because there's no money? See, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, they would uh, just get the donuts. And you, get, you roll around in Space 9 and all of a sudden they're trading like gold bars everywhere. Um, well, that's the Ferengis. Well, and, and anyway, uh, no money <laughs> thing doesn't make a lot of sense. The... the any, any, yeah, sorry. <laughs> it's one, one great. Oh, uh, we need the Vulcan to teach us. Let's get into it. We're just going to talk about seven items from the movie. Uh, so, oh, by the way, this was my pick. So I guess uh, I'm the, we never even talked about it. I did see this in the movie theater. It's one of the few Star Trek movies I saw in the movie theater. And I may have seen it twice. I really liked this when it came out. And like I said, that's not that's with me not being a big Star Trek slash ne- uh, Next Generation fan. But I really enjoyed it. Um, and I've maybe seen it once since then. Um, that's my history with it. Uh, Alex? Yeah, I want to say that I also saw this in the movie theaters. Um, I don't think I went back for multiple viewings, but I remember liking it a lot. All right. And Scott? Uh, I remember seeing this with uh, my family, at least my dad. Um, and, yeah, also really enjoying it. Um, yeah, I think even back then the, the general sentiment was that people enjoyed this more than the generations yeah okay well, let's get into it we're just going to talk about seven items from the movie i will go first and I, and this was more of a question slash i guess i don't know the tech so the holodeck scene like okay if i understand <laughs> a holodeck scene it's just it's just holograms and you can live out whatever fantasy or whatever blah 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 like the bullets and he he meant says a line I understand it but like why did he have to lure the Borg in there and then how does the gun actually work and what why did Tony No-No's have to be there or whatever and so what happened there I got so confused at that scene so yeah that was an overly elaborate plan on Picard's part um, basically mm-hmm. he, he started up a program he knew would have guns right. as opposed to just telling the the, the program to just give him guns <laughs> so they had to go through that that whole charade uh but well, they got to show the, the but, hologram the but, I mean, like, but the he people. did he did want like the distraction of all the other hol- holograms around so it makes sense on that level anyway um but yeah no there's like every season of of next generation there's like two or three episodes about how the holodeck almost kills everybody on the ship <laughs> yeah, one one way or another. Um, yeah, and then I have a friend uh, joke that the worst job in the in the future, like in the Star Trek universe, is the guy that has to clean up the hollow suites. 
<laughs> oh yeah, the guy yeah. wipes down the loads. But yeah, there, yeah. there's blood and other yeah, yeah. Uh, secretions. But mostly, yeah, it's just best not to think too hard about what's going on with the hollow suite because yeah, there's like the you you see like in the you see them drinking stuff too, um, which raises more questions. They they have the um, well, that's replicator. Yeah, they have, they have the replicators. That's fine. But like, so the hollow suites can also replicate anything at any point. In which case, it becomes real. So what's stopping them from creating like real like it's it's yeah yeah he said it's a it's a hard light hologram yeah they they actually do um uh like address the fact that 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 hollow suites can become a problem for people <laughs> that like there's such a thing as, as hollow suite addiction uh, that they actually talk about on, on next generation at one point yeah okay uh alex number seven my number seven is that these opening credits sucked. Yeah, they were, <laughs> they were giving me a, a brutal headache. It's like, oh my gosh, and they just kept going. I fast forwarded through them. <laughs> I, I should have done full, that. Full, full disclosure. I mean, it, it kind of made sense at the end where it, the last credit played and then the screen zoomed out, so it went well. It was a good transition from the credits into like out of Picard's eye, but up until that point, she's like, Jeebus age. Bro, you're not Superman. Here, I don't want to see this. Yeah, it was pretty... It was boring, I thought. I wasn't getting sick, but I was just bored by it. And like, At least yeah, at least the Superman ones were flying in, and this was dumb. Mm-hmm. This felt like a very low-budget movie. There, there were, yes. There, there, <laughs> High-budget episode. There were points where, yeah, it felt super low-budget. Yeah, low-budget movie, high-budget episode. <laughs> That's a good mm-hmm. way of putting it. All right, Scott, number seven. Okay, so my number seven uh, is actually just about that the uh, the the board cam, as I called it, <laughs> and oh, the yeah. uh, I don't know I don't know what to call those things, but you know you find them in a a, a Spencer's or a sharper image, mm-hmm. but the yeah. the static think... electricity globe. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, static, yeah, so. those. Yeah. Those have not aged well. <laughs> I mean, Honorable mention for me. I was like sharper image, yeah, inventory, yeah, the cheesy, future, cheesy way back, and yeah, I think sharper image actually had just the pad, right? Not even the bulb, the ball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God. yeah. That that did not age well, um, and yeah, the board cam, just like the super fisheye. Like, yeah, I kind of liked that. The sh- I mean, liked it as well, but it did annoy me, and I kind of. That didn't bother me as much as some of the other special effects. So that that was probably like the two cheesiest things for me. Uh, so that's my kind of nitpick. Uh, number seven here. Okay. Um, the Queen Borg is my number six because I remember <laughs> it freaked me out the way that stuff was digging into her skin. I can't look at her without... So it just grossed me out. Yeah. It also grossed me out how uh, I was attracted to her. It was really, really weird. <laughs> I, did, I, I was I was thinking about how oddly sexualized. I did not remember it being like her, all of her dialogue is is like as an undercurrent of, of like of sex. <laughs> yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I, but I remember back then I did like well that's some, I mean her dialogue too. But just I was like she's so scary, but it's kind of per- like I don't know. It was weird. This time was just kind of cheesy, but like I remember that as a kid. And what I did also as a kid, whenever I saw this, I was in college when this came out. And then the the hooks into her skin or whatever—that was a cool little makeup effect they had going on there. Mm-hmm. 
The only thing I'll say cheesy that her, I mean, her death, final death scene when Picard breaks the last part of her dangly spinal cord thing and that's what ends it. Like, I didn't understand. Yeah, I didn't, like, wouldn't, like, <laughs> wouldn't all of everything be stored in her head? Yeah, it doesn't. She's playing possum. But she was cool. I like I like the character and just and what they were doing to Data and all that it was just really cool. I have more about to say about the Borg in general later, but I thought I am me too. It was she was she's really mm-hmm. good. I liked it. Uh, Alex number six. By number six is drunk Diana when she was on Earth. That was yeah, a nice I don't mention that. <laughs> uh, humorous little scene for me. I really liked it. I mean, usually Star Trek can be can be goofy and stuff, and they have characters change. Uh, for one reason or other, like alien virus or something, but rarely do they ever get just drunk. <laughs> Mostly because at, at, at Guinan's Bar, I don't think they have real alcohol. It stuff tastes like real alcohol, but it's not alcoholic. They they had to do like synth ale, I think they call it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, <laughs> Diana getting plastered. Oh, wait. That, so... was, that was fun. Is that what makes Romulan ale so special? Because it actually is alcoholic? Or no, I've always heard Romulan ale is like the thing to drink in Star Trek. Um, it's blue. Yeah, I was wondering about that. It wasn't like alcohol was illegal or anything. I guess it's just exotic. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe it it's because it's because like getting something from Cuba back in the day. Yeah, or... maybe. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> yeah, there's like that. The Klingons had the blood wine. Um, okay. Well, I mean, on the Enterprise, it's you're you're on a like a naval ship. Pretty much on the space navy, you can't drink on board. There's alcohol in there. Boy, yeah, I it's mean, contraband, old, but you can do it. There's like a yeah, whole, good old like, good old Scotty, like the old yes. Like I, I I don't know like who was on the ship when they when they eventually arrived at Earth to to fight everybody, but um, like in the series, there's like a lot of civilians on that ship. <laughs> so yeah. Like they have just, schools for Pete's sake. Yeah. yeah, they have Where schools, was teachers in this. Will Wheaton? Wheaton. Yeah, or Whoopi Goldberg. Aren't they all part of Next Whoopi. Generation? Or what's going on? Whoopi? <laughs> Whoopi? Um, yes. Does she show Guy- up? I know Guinan is. I don't know. Does she... I don't know. She... I know she's on the show. But I don't yeah, know yeah, no, she shows movies. up in the show. And she's in Generation. She's a really important part of the, the first Generation movie. But, uh... Yeah. I don't remember if she's in the other movies. I don't think she is. Hmm. Um, yeah. What about Will Wheaton? His his character basically becomes <laughs> like a, a a space demigod. Mm-hmm. I'm out. Peace. Okay. Yeah. A tra- a traveler, right? Yeah, he goes with this, this called... character called the Traveler to be his like apprentice or whatever. Not not really Quark, but a traveler. All right. Well, where, where do we leave off here? <laughs> uh, that was my number six. Talk more okay, about Scott Will number six. Uh, so number six, uh, surprised, and you guys already touched upon this, uh, surprised <clears> by <throat> the, the amount of body horror that's in this movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, this well, is, Borg. It's way that's higher up on my way list. Way more than uh, than any other Star Trek movie I can remember. Like The only thing I can that's even akin to this that I can think of is... Uh, the the earwigs, the centipede. oh yeah, the earwigs from Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan, mm-hmm. yeah, like, but yeah, I don't, I don't remember, like, yeah, things get a little violent sometimes, but yeah, there's, there's, like, they even show, like, 
Picard's eye getting poked. Like, they don't drill all the way in, but you actually see... I know. They get impressed. Oh, yeah. I'm like, wow. And then, and yeah, just them... They, they don't focus too much on the Borg, but yeah, you do see some of it. Um, you know, the stuff they do to Data, like, that's kind of creepy. Yeah, um, that's that's crew member skin he's got on. Yeah, and like... And then, as Jeff mentioned, the stuff with the Borg Queen. So I'll, I'll let Jeff talk more about this. But I was... I was surprised by the level of body hornness because, right? you know, it kind of goes back and forth between what's going on on Earth and, and on the ship and um, things get more horrific uh, on one end. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's 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 a little different than, than the show because, uh, again, they don't, they don't delve too much into that, at least visually. So, getting away with stuff in the movie. Yeah. Gotta use that budget and make up, make mm-hmm. up special money. Um, all right. Uh, well, my number five. So the whole, so that there's uh, the whole plot down on Earth. You got to get this guy to jump to hype, to use the warp drives. That the passing by Vulcan sees him, blah blah blah. And and they hand wave it at the very end. But I was so pissed off. I'm like, dude, there's a goddamn starship yeah. orbiting the planet. I, I was, yeah, Jeff. I'm 100 percent with you. And I was like, how are they going to explain this? And like, oh, yeah, just Worf. The moon's gravity. or What, what did it even say? Worf yeah. said something that was <laughs> such horseshit. Moon's, yeah, yeah. moon's gravity yeah. hid the hyperdrive. Yeah, yeah. What does that even mean? Those, the, how did the moon's gravity not hide the warp drive of the, the, those, the other guy's ship? Because they were closer to the moon. <laughs> those mooks, the Vulcans. Idiots. Yeah. Uh, we registered somebody to fire proton torpedoes. Um yeah, proton torpedoes, beaming, all sorts of shits happening. <laughs> like they had to make—I mean, I know. Okay, the whole prime directive thing, which totally goes out the window. In this <laughs> yeah. movie, but then, mm-hmm. like it really does. Uh, okay, if if he didn't make, he, they're trying to convince him to do. But if they weren't doing, what's to stop the Enterprise from just like, hey, look at us over here? Come, we'll explain this whole thing to you, Vulcans. Get over here. Like, if you don't do this now, then we're all fucked. Like, that makes sense because the the Vulcans are like logically like <laughs> yeah. like you can explain it to them but they'd be like, like oh, okay that makes yeah that makes sense, sense. Yeah. Yeah. you know the, the whole the whole show is based on the idea of them like MacGuffining stuff they like scan and be like oh there's duranium particles like surrounding this planet so I guess the Vulcans just don't have that tech I guess I guess that's the takeaway there uh, well not yet not yet yeah yeah uh, the only thing if the Vulcans got involved they would kill everybody who knew. On Earth, (laughs) the Enterprise and any interactions with these people—that's the right way to do it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think anyway, I I was just mad. I want to say on the show that you know, Prime Directive comes up once in a while, and somebody finds out that there's aliens, like or at least the people on the the Enterprise, and they'll like erase their memories somehow. So I I feel like that was an option (laughs) too. That that the like they didn't take the, the kind of bullshit out on that one though. Mm-hmm. So, so I, got, I was glad they addressed it, but I was super mad. Like this is bullshit. The, or luckily, the, Earth, the Moon's gravity. Rah, rah, rah. So the, the thing I had the bigger problem with was the self-destruct thing. Like, why would Worf? Like, why would his code work? Because he wasn't a crew member. Uh, yeah, that bugged me too. It's like nah, he was brought on. I guess they reinstated him. I guess since he was going to be on the Enterprise guess, for a bit. Yeah, I guess that could have happened at, like off screen, but but still. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. all right, so one of the podcasts I listened to for Game of Thrones, but other stuff, 
There was one time was, they kept talking about how Worf's like default mechanism is ramming speed. Like, is that a thing <laughs> from the shows? I don't know. But the first thing he does in this movie is like, it's a good day to die. Ramming speed. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> I was dying. No, it's it's funny. There's there's this supercut. I, I I think it's called like Worf gets shut down. <laughs> it's like Jesus Christ. It's like thirty minutes or something like that, and it's just a supercut of Worf being told no because <laughs> that was the point of his character was you know we're in the future and we're peaceful and and Worf's the aggressive guy so we're going to show that you know the the more enlightened route is whatever Worf isn't doing and a lot of times Worf <laughs> is like like just doing his job <laughs> he's not even being super aggressive like they, they come across like uh like a ship like two ships fighting or something like that and Worf will be like we should go to yellow alert which is even like the highest alert just like let's let's be ready for this, yeah. and, and Picard will be like, uh, let's hold off on that. <laughs> or but yeah, it's just constant. That was the whole point of his character. That didn't get his ass kicked. Like that was the other thing too. Is uh, you know he's supposed to be this 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 badass Klingon that can kick all kinds of ass. So if he got his ass kicked, that was to demonstrate that whoever they came across was also right, mm-hmm. super strong. Oh, my mic is ass right now. Sorry. My mic is ass. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, oh, I, I just did that ramming speed. I, they talked about it on a podcast, and so I, I always just know for the podcast. And then he said it like his third line. I started dying. I, I did. I, I did like. I didn't put it on my list, but uh, I did like that he actually did. Well, he he did have the the rational thing here. It was Picard that <laughs> that took yeah. things too far. Uh, mm-hmm. All right, so where do we leave off here? That was my pay no attention to the Enterprise. So Alex, number five. Uh, similar to that, my number five is Dr. Cochran and how he can't handle the fame <laughs> of his fate. I thought that that whole sequence was great. When they're flagrantly, yeah, flagrantly violating the Prime Directive. <laughs> yeah, maybe I shouldn't tell you this, but you're standing right about the spot where they build a giant statue of you because you're so great. I know. And I went to uh, Cochrane High School, by the way. <laughs> Jordy, what are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah, to, to like Riker is like, really? You told him about the statue? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's off just taking sips of drink because he can't handle it. He can't believe that's his future because, as he explains later, all he wanted to do was just get a, a fat wad of cash from his invention, the warp drive, and just retire. An island full of naked women. Yeah. Whatever he says. That's a, that's a nice dream. Yeah, I kept, Jordy, you're saying too much. I mean, I thought Scotty was bad in Star Trek Four. This, <laughs> doing everything in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good one. I'll just, I have an honorable mention, I'll just mention now. Uh, his, whoever, James Cromo, I don't, not really like in this movie. And uh, his, especially his outfit, his costume was just. I his know. hat was was kicking my ass. That's, <laughs> That's the, main the worst part. I, I was like, Ugh. He, well, he's a doctor. I don't know what that hat was supposed to be. He's a hippie scientist. I I really don't. Didn't know. he steal that from Eddie Murphy and the Golden Child? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he might have. I I I, I want. <laughs> The drive. Drive, please. <laughs> the funniest part is when you mentioned the drunk scene with Beverly, uh, whatever you say her name was. When he's dancing, yeah. that, oh, that's, that's kind of cracking me up. The, of all the mm-hmm. songs, too, that that was bugging me. Um, the the boogie woogie song, or whatever that they play for the, they keep playing, and then they play for the uh, the Vulcans when they show up. 
Like, really, that's the song we're going with? Like, that's what we're going to do here? That's what they get the rights to for cheap. Mm-hmm. I don't I just, I don't even know if that's like a real <laughs> song I mean, or something they made for the movie. I really don't. Yeah, it's real cheap, Scott. You're making, you're making that's true. cheap. Uh, all right. Uh, so, Scott, number five. Okay. So, my number five was uh, the Picard PS, yeah, PTSD. Uh, that he's still having nightmares about this stuff, which is, like, makes a lot of sense. <laughs> that, yeah. Yep. That, you know, like, to have something that invasive happen to you, um, let alone, like, he talks a little bit about, like, the psychological end of, of things um, that, you know, to completely lose yourself like that uh, and, then, and then come back and yeah, any dreams about, yeah, getting... Uh, like screws in his eyes <laughs> that's it's, it's pretty horrible stuff um and they actually address it like he he flies off the handle you don't i don't think you like, ever see picard um act this way in any other point in the show or in the movies um he rarely yells uh he's always kind of i mean he does get angry he's he's kind of uh, grumpy but <laughs> he mm-hmm. uh he he never like goes to, to that level of, of smashing things, um, so it, it was interesting to see the the results and it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, so I thought that that was interesting uh, that they um, carried that forward, and I I think that's probably one of the most popular storylines too to come out of the next generation. Um, so yeah, it was cool to see that all come together here. All right, uh, my number four. I liked that they had two different storylines going on here, and it, it felt like a two part. Like I just felt like there was it was not enough content for whatever, and they just kind of split up. And it's almost two movies, right? I mean, they're t- totally isolated. They only come together at the very end, and they're really not even. Like I don't know. I just like the two storylines, just going back and forth. Um, I, I'm not a big book reader, but in books where they a lot of the Star Wars books have done this, or Lord of the Rings, right? We have everything kind of split up. I always like that as a as a reader, where you're you're following this story and you're getting into it, and then you go to the next chapter, and you're like, "Oh fuck, I'm back on." <laughs> Meanwhile, yeah, and you get upset at first, and then, but then you get into that, right? And then that switches over, and so like, and I just kind of like the two different storylines going down here. Yeah. Um, well, that's all I got to say about that. Yep. Yeah, it's kind of cool. classic Star Trek. I mean, they're they're certainly not the the first or only show to 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 feature like the A story, the B story. Yeah, but but that was like like just going back to what you guys are saying about this felt like a really expensive <laughs> episode. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, kind of sees how kind of see how it follows that formula. Yeah. All right, uh, Alex, number four. Number four is Worf. I also was very delighted to see him in his own ship. <laughs> he said, perhaps today is a good day to die. <laughs> Ramming speed, Adam <laughs> Scott. Uh, that was great. Yeah. Uh, so wait, Adam wait. Scott was on that part of the movie? Yeah. yeah. It was like Worf and Adam Scott. That was like it. <laughs> in their tiny yeah. little ship. Yeah. The Defiant. Mm-hmm. That was the name of that ship. And then he goes, that was your... <laughs> Do you remember your zero-gravity combat training? He's like, yeah, I remember I got very ill. It's like, oh... <laughs> Looks at Picard. Oh shit, we got to do that, don't we? Uh, I will talk a little bit about that uh, because I really liked the, the that little bit of editing 
that they had where they were upside down first because they had magnets on the uh, on their suits. Yes. And they're upside down and she, Picard is telling Worf, okay, look, just don't look at the stars, look at the ship of the, the hole of the ship. And, and he, he looks, you know, down from our perspective, of course, he's looking up. And then you go to his POV on the camera and he's looking at the hold egg and then he turns back up to see like kind of the horizon of the ship of the Enterprise, and then they cut back to all three of them, and they're, like, right set up on screen. I thought that was just brilliant. Yep, I thought that was, that was really cool. I uh, actually have a little bit more to talk about the Zero-G stuff. Okay. Aside from that, I... <laughs> damn it, I already forgot the one-liner that he... <laughs> that Worf says <laughs> when he shoots the, oh, uh, the floating uh, antenna. So he says, assimilate this. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> there's, a, there's a few one-liners in this movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, Worf. He's the best. I have more to say about Worf later, but yeah, it, it, it is. Right. It, uh, I'll, I'll wait till Jeff talks about Worf because there's some couple funny things to go over about that. Yeah, Worf. About his All appearance. Right. All right. Well, then Scott, number four. Uh, so yeah, my my number four is the zero G stuff. I thought this was or no, sorry, that is not my number four. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> jumped ahead of here. My my number four um, is is about uh, this movie's actually. Not a uh, not a bad companion piece to Close Encounters from last week. Um, it's something that I, I do like about um, the Star Trek movies, at least most of them anyway. Um, I don't think we get that this in the the newer ones um, with with uh, Chris Pine, um, but they 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 go out of their way to to have like a, a kind of a sense of wonder um, from the characters. Um, and I think that's uh, a, a really fun part of, of sci-fi like this. Um, you know, not not to have everything be cynical and have everybody be jaded. Um, you know, I, I really enjoyed that Picard uh, is, is in awe of, of that, you know, just this kind of run-down rocket missile, I think they call it, that they're going to use for the, for the flight. Um, and he just wants to, like, bask in front of it <laughs> to the point where... Uh, Deanna makes the joke about if they want to be alone with it. Um, like how Alfie Woodard is just pretty much like the audience surrogate in this movie. Uh, but, um, you know, her reaction looking down in space uh, from, from the ship, uh, you know, all the stuff they, they, they tell, Alex, as Alex pointed out, all the stuff they, they tell Cochran, um, you know, about how wonderful the future is because of this thing he's going to do. Um, so, yeah, I just, it's, it's nice that, that, that 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 is something that is instilled in in the kind of the Star Trek DNA of at least of these older ones that uh, you know there is something better in the future. Mm-hmm. Not in Picard. No, well, that's apparently yeah that all went out the window. So <laughs> fucking bro Trek. <laughs> all right, uh, it's running my number three, and I just like the idea of first contact. That whole just of that, where you know, if we're if tons of different species out there, and you know, like you're too primitive, so not even worried about it. And something, a spark that makes us worthy of coming and talking to us and giving us t- passing down the technology and all that stuff. But that was cool. I mean, they wouldn't come down and speak English to us or whatever the hell has happened there with the Vulcans, but uh, whatever. I mean, maybe they could with some kind of modulators. I don't know. Well, he said live long and prosper. space modulators. <laughs> as soon as I said that, I knew someone was going to do a Marvin the Martian. Um, 
But I just I think that's why I watched this. That's why this movie stuck with me. It was more that storyline. As much as I love the Borg and this, and I'll talk about that even later. I just the first contact whole. We you have to prove yourself that you can join this collective. It's kind of like the movie well, Contact, right? When small uh, moves, Ellie. It's contact. Yeah, right. Small yeah. moves. The the arrival. <laughs> the arrival. Wait, what are you thinking of, Alex? Uh, the Charlie Sheen movie, oh, wait, The Arrival. No, <laughs> no, Scott's right. There's another movie with. Or maybe Charlie. it's just Arrival. Yeah, it's just Arrival. I mean, technically, I mean, technically, The Arrival is also First Contact. <laughs> yeah, the fucking backwards kangaroo aliens. Charlie Sheen looking like um, the guy. Morgan, from yeah, Life. Morgan Freeman. Yeah. <laughs> Martin Freeman? Uh, what is it? Martin Freeman's Bilbo Baggins. What, what is it? Um, Gordon Freeman. Gordon Freeman. Gordon. Yes. <laughs> uh, we went all over the place then. Yeah, I know. We got there at the end. <laughs> anyway, the whole idea of First Contact, I think that's pretty cool. And, um, yeah. Oh, what about like Earth these... Girls Are Easy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, never saw it. It's true. Uh, yeah, but if you want a companion piece with the close encounters, at least these aliens look a lot friendlier than the little weirdos. Well, I mean, they look exactly like us, but they have pointy ears. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what are the odds of that? They're freaking elves. Yeah, they're elves, space elves. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, Alex, number three. My number three is the holodeck diversion. Even though it was overly elaborate, uh, I really liked it. it. It seemed like it was one, of, maybe it was Picard's, like, one of his LARPing fantasies or something where he wrote this whole story for himself and that's where he went to get away and everything. Uh, and uh, him and Dad is like, oh, that's another chapter. So he quick changed it to a different chapter and then pretend you're having a good time. That I loved that whole bit. Especially at the part where it got real at the end and he, like, uh, we talked about his PTSD a little bit, where he finally snapped, and he Tommy gunned uh, both the Borgs. Merry Christmas, you filthy animals! <laughs> and uh, like coldly, without even any emotion or anything, he just starts digging in there for like the memory core inside one of the Borg's abdomen. It turns out it's one of the ensign, <laughs> ensign Ricky or somebody, one of the red shirts. So and uh, so, so it is. It is. Uh... Just talk a little bit more about the holodeck. Um, one, one of the, the cool things, uh, at least in Next Generation, is it, it's 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 a really cool way to learn about the characters, or at least kind of get get into their their heads a little bit. Because uh, I think only a few of them do this, but you see them like choose these programs or put together these programs, or you know, so you get kind of get a sense of their tastes. Um, but it, it's limited to, to just a few characters. Like I don't think you ever see like people like Deanna Troy create her own one. Or um, if Worf does it, he's always doing something stupid. Like he's gonna fight shit. Like <laughs> yeah, like, like it's cool. It's, it's, it's cool, but it it doesn't really like, give you any insight into into him as a character. Um, so it's something like I, I maybe wish they, they spent a little more time on. Uh, to, to get to know the the characters with a with kind of a show not tell kind of thing. Mm-hmm. All right, Scott, number three. Uh, number three. Now it's time for the zero G stuff. 
Um, I thought that this was was very interesting. Um, you know, it did, again, it did feel low budget uh, at, at points. Like it never really felt like there was really any weight to the way they were they were walking around with the the magnetic boot magnetic boots. Um, it was still filmed really really well. That um, there was, it was very tense to kind of give the the sense that um, you know they're how, how quiet things are, um, how they have to move a little more slowly because they're you know walking on the hole. Uh, yeah, I, I, I like that whole thing. I thought it was it was an interesting um, action piece um, and set piece. Um, and, and it gives a chance to, to have Worf do something badass. Um, and I almost um, laughed because I I do remember him. Like having the knife, but when they did the close-up of him, like basically under his spacesuit, <laughs> I, I almost laughed out loud uh, that, that he kind of smuggled that thing out with him. Uh, but it, it makes sense. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, I really enjoyed it. And as Alex pointed out, the way they invert the uh, the the camera to to be the on the undercarriage of the the ship, um, and there, there wasn't even under like they were kind of uh perpendicular right to the what would be considered up and down inside the ship um where they were on the deflector array uh deflector array whatever it was called um yeah i just thought that was cool was something that really don't see in any of the the star trek episodes um you know you occasionally you see the the zero g walks in in other movies ewoks Um, yeah yeah, it was really weird when the Ewoks showed up. Um, you know, the whole time travel thing. That's what happens when you break the Prime Directive. You get Ewoks. Yeah, I know. You get Ewoks. You know, you get, it's, it's like Archer said. <laughs> Do you want Ewoks? Because <laughs> this is how you get Ewoks. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's always an interesting thing. It's, it's, it's obviously hard to film. It's hard to make it exciting because everything's moving so slow. Uh, but I thought this was, was very well done. So, yeah, the Zero-G scene. Mm-hmm. And when they show that hand tendril tied to Worf's leg to stop the leak in his suit. Oh, that was badass. Yep. So that reminded me of, so the, I don't know if I mentioned this in the Star Trek movies, the very first Star Trek anything I ever saw was Undiscovered Country. (laughs) Oh, sorry. uh, Like, I had seen clips. Actually, I remember seeing Spock die as a kid at my uncle's house. They were watching Rathacon when it came out or something, and I was kind of, I really wasn't paying attention. I was pooping on the floor or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) And they were watching it. But um, if you you remember at the very beginning of that movie, there's like a scene where they put on the gravity or the magnetic boots, and they they turn off the gravity and they kill them. Yes. Blood's flying through zero G or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I remember that. Like, that's what hooked me. For some reason, one of the pay-per-view channels was free. I just kept playing the movie over and over <laughs> and over again. I watched it like seven times over the weekend. because like, this is cool. I'm not going to stop watching this. <laughs> um, that's what it reminded me of. Like, oh, I remember the magnetic boots. And that was the whole thing. They were trying to find them who had the boots in that movie or whatever. I don't know. There was that whole Kim that, Kim. that whole funny scene where they, they think they have the guy. And then they look at his feet, and he has like fucked up alien feet. There's no way they'd ever fit in a picture. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. like, yeah, Chekhov's like all proud of himself. Like, <laughs> how do you explain this? And then they look at his feet. Yeah. yeah. I just added this to our list because we got to do this. Because what about the part where Kirk needs to kick the guy in the knee and it's really his dick? Yeah. Not cool, Kirk. Not cool. Or his balls. Whatever. Genitals, I think, is the least to say in the movie. 
But the, Vul- the, the Vulcan who's doing all the naughty stuff, and that's Kim yeah, Cattrall, right? Yeah, it is. Uh, all right. Anyway. Mm-hmm. We're on to my number two, I think. Yes, that sounds right. All right. Yeah. My number two is Worf. Um, of all the... I mean, it's cool seeing all these characters. At least, you know, Picard, Data, him. But he was really cool. He <laughs> said the ramming speed. Uh, I always like that he always talks about how I... You know, I've added a modulation to this, and they'll adapt. <laughs> Just, they've adapted. It was like the one shot. Is like, <laughs> they've adapted. Yeah. I like all stuff. The zero-G stuff. Um, him just kicking the, the the knife in his suit, which I think he stole from the Scum and Villainy Cantina <laughs> in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And uh, his, like, calling Kirk out. He's, or not Kirk. Picard. Sorry. Don't kill me. Picard. Uh, if you were any other man kill you where you stand pretty badass listen to what i say or you'll pay (laughs) (laughs) and i do like at the very end though when picard says you know you're the bravest man i know and that was pretty cool Um, (laughs) it's like i i I was saying say it was a bit harsh i take back some of the things i said (laughs) some (laughs) (laughs) he did he kind of like didn't he didn't go back on that but he did give a nice you know you're the bravest man but all the wharf stuff was pretty damn cool. Yeah. It, it was, it was like I said, it was nice to see him vindicated for once. That like Picard should have absolutely listened to him to begin with. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, I, I do, I, I do think it's funny that like okay, it makes sense like why he showed up in this one. Um, so I, I'm, so he's on Deep Space Nine as well, and on Deep Space Nine they make this basically this warship, which is the the one he's flying around in. Wharf ship. Yeah, the wharf ship. Yes, um, the mm-hmm. defiant. And it's like this, like it's it's smaller, but it's like super powered, right? Um, so it makes sense that they're like, "Hey, we need the ship." So he showed up with the ship. Um, I I am curious because I do not remember what excuse they use in the other two movies <laughs> to like have him be there. Because um, I think he was still would have been on Deep Space Nine at least for the third movie. Um, so it is funny where they're was, just like, "Oh, I'm on vacation." Outer maneuvers, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fancy meeting you here in space. Like, <laughs> I was tracking a pack of tribbles. Yeah, yeah. So did uh, a was Next Generation on at the same time as Deep Space Nine or no? It were they still well, making I new think, episodes? I think was there a bit of overlap. I think there was a bit of overlap in like the last season of yeah. uh, of one and the other because I know Picard does or like so Patrick Stewart. Does have a, a cameo in the very first episode of D Space Nine, and a couple of the other characters show up too, without spoiling anything. Too and much. was this movie out while those shows were still being made? I think I think I think so. I think First Contact was was made after the run was over. I think Generations might have been too. So I think I think all the movies were were made after the the run was over. Yeah. Okay. But but as far as like. D Space Nine, that I'm less sure about. Because I think that one's seven seasons, so that was like seven years. This movie was 95. Next Generation went from 87 to 94. Okay. Then Generations was 94. And this, what would we already say, 95 or 96? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Uh, Anyway, uh, Alex, number two. Number two is the Borg. Uh, just in general, I like that that they did a little bit deeper dive on the Borg. First of all, Borg Cube is awesome. Uh, then they shot a little sphere. Ah, it's a version. <laughs> she thought that it was going to be a little square escape pod. Nope, it's a circle. 
It <laughs> <laughs> goes back in time, get in the wake. Um, just the whole look. I mean, they're the costumes. I can't imagine like the the overall bodysuit would be that expensive to make, and they look kind of cheap. But like once you get into the face makeup and everything, it's like ugh, it's it's hard to watch. Just even just regular Borg drones walking around, they look great. Yeah, they do. They're uh, really good. Yeah, I like I do like the addition of the Borg Queen. Like she is the Borg, but she's also like the leader, <laughs> even though she's talking in circles, trying to talk around <laughs> like hand waves, like, oh, don't worry about it. We're we're the Borg. <laughs> so yeah, so let me, uh, uh, let me ask you that. Was that was she the queen really, or was she just the collect she was a for like, you know, um, a version of you know, she's a manifestation of the collective. I think I right, think, like, yeah, I think she was a queen because you don't see that with like the regular drones. With the other right, ones, but, if the if the Borg was a true collective, then each one of them would be like it wouldn't matter who would be in charge. There wouldn't be anybody that was special. I think right, but I'm saying she's not story. She's just a vessel for that for her to deliver the message to. Yeah, it's 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 a hard question to to answer. I think. Um, nah, I think she was. I think, I, I, what a fucking she was not hypocritical but she was being uh like the illusional she didn't see her the own flaw of her existence like as the board collective but then again she's a unique right, specimen within the right board. i think there's almost a chicken and egg thing going on there yeah but yeah yeah um yeah i think at, at the end she's like the manifestation of like what the board needed to function like yeah, I guess so. She was the kill switch. Because they, they lack any kind of like ingenuity, I guess. Like, they, they, they need something to think outside the box. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, creativity is, is a weird thing. So, um, you, know, if, you know, if you're running AI, which is effectively what the Borg become with the Collective... Um, you know, they're, they're, there's going to be these kind of weird offshoots, and this is the one they, I guess, they kept, uh, or the board decided to keep. I, I, I don't know. Mm. Like it, it makes sense though that there, there would, there would be these this weird offshoot they would keep, um, and then it would, and she was still Borg, so the Borg wouldn't get rid of the Borg. You know, if if it was functional, <laughs> like, I don't know. you just said Borg a lot. Yeah, Borg, 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 Borg. Heard, heard, heard. So, you ever wonder? Have in the series, have you seen any other race be a Borg besides human? No, that that's something I try not to think too hard about. Like, yeah, <laughs> she even says uh, in this one, "We used to be just like you. We were weak or whatever." So, like, you're like humans somewhere else in the galaxy <laughs> uh, yeah i guess maybe like i don't know yeah you never see Vulcan you never see so they, they come in mm. on the show and like yeah they come into federation space so it's perfectly reasonable that you'd see things like vulcanborg uh klingons yeah, all sorts of yeah shit. romulans yeah, yeah all kind of the thing you all the different yeah like they're, they're all about assimilating stuff right so here, here we are the federation like they, they mentioned it's like 50 plus planet or 150 planets. So. There's no triple Borg. They all look human. But wait, I thought that number was low. Like, so it's limited to just the one galaxy, right? They said, they, they didn't say the Milky Way, but they're limited to one galaxy. 
That's still enormous. It's only 150 planets. Well, they, I mean, I guess that well, they can sustain life. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I mean, well, well, so or, well, or starship. So not uh, that, light speed well, that's capability. Just in that, that's planet. Whatever planets means, like I think in this case it's meant to mean individual. Um, Like, uh, like races? Sovereignty, not necessarily races, but entities, like governments, I guess, okay, governments, like 150 different governments that have joined the Federation. So, like, the on the show all the time, they run across people that aren't in the Federation. Yeah. Um, so, like, for example, like, the Romulans aren't in the Federation, the Klingons aren't in the Federation. So, like, to answer your question, Jeff, like, when, when you consider that, then yeah, it doesn't seem that bad. Also, they, they they talk about this as they. I don't know why they came up with this, but they they mentioned the Delta Quadrant. Um, yeah. But they, they don't go into too much detail about this ever. I think, but uh, they basically have mapped out the the reachable yeah. galaxy into four quadrants, um, and they're in the Alpha Quadrant. Um, and then there's the Delta Quadrant. They never mention uh, Beta or uh, SETI. Whatever C is, but um, mm-hmm. yeah. So, but they they never explain like like how they make that delineation though of like if we if if we go one more light year, then we're out of the alpha quadrant. Like I, I don't know how they decide that. That's 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 a weird kind of arbitrary thing. But yeah, Delta Quadrant's supposed to be super fucking far. I guess it's equivalent to Star Wars, like the Outer Rim. No, no, no way further than that. Like so. <laughs> Okay. No, no, no. no, no. I know, I know. It's nerdy. So, uh, well, no, Jeff. Actually, uh, okay. Sorry. Mm-hmm. No, did I? I did not mean it to come out that way. The, <laughs> the so in um, Voyager, they get thrown into the the Delta Quadrant. And they do the math on it. It's gonna take them like seventy years to get home at maximum yeah, work. That's because Star Trek has weak. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, so maybe, maybe. yeah. But then again, there's the the whole gamma quadrant too that shows up in Deep Space Nine. So, which doesn't make any sense because in this case there's a fifth quadrant. Yeah, don't worry about it. Yeah, they'll, they'll lose yeah. too much about it. I guess. Or maybe a quadrant just means that they've delineated a, a like four point. Anyway, no, sorry, we're about to go to your number two out, or Scott. Have you done it yet? Or? Yeah, Scott number two. <laughs> uh, sorry, before we get there, I'm just looking at uh, Patrick Stewart's uh, IMDb, and it's a lot of uh, Jean Luc Picard and Professor Charles Xavier here. That's all I'm mm-hmm. saying. <laughs> That's it. He also played Ahab, which is funny because oh. uh, what happens in this movie? The light must be drawn here. Okay, okay. All right, mm-hmm. Scott number two. Uh, number two, basically everything you're talking about the the Borg. Um, they they do a deeper dive into what makes the Borg um, superior to to like organic versus inorganic. Um, you know, just kind of the the hardcore sci-fi discussion that they kind of have or they touch upon anyway. Um, so yeah, that was fun. Like, again, the the Borg are cool. They're menacing. Um, it's weird. I can't figure out if they can move really fast or <laughs> if they just like are, are just like zombies. They just overwhelm you. Because sometimes they seem to move pretty quickly. 
other times they just seem to plot along. But mm -hmm. we're on a ship, so there's not really anywhere to run. So, yeah. I don't know. Zombies. Space zombies. Yeah. All right. Well, that's my number one. I have number one. The Borg are scary. Uh, I really like them as as villains. And like as I said, I watched the movie. I liked it when I was younger. I that was another reason I liked it. The Borg and they just yeah, they're scary. The the fact that they ignore you if you don't as a threat you're not a real threat to them at the uh, time yeah. and they can turn at you at any time like that, that that's scarier than anything right like they'll just walk right by you and then so you maybe get used to it and all of a sudden boom they're on you and just the way they look just everything I, I know uh, Scott you said you didn't like that little shitty camera you know POV from them but that worked for me and I all of it oh, these are like some of the most menacing cool bad guys and sci-fi like, I thought it was really cool and then just the fact that you it's like a zombie you don't want to become one and that it's it's a living hell type thing and you know Picard mm -hmm. even says you know I did him help a favor me. and all that stuff help me and he kills him with cold blood <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah Borg were badass I just and scary and badass and I just really dug it it was mm -hmm. it was funny at the end like <laughs> Picard tells uh, Lily Oh, we don't. I was Borg. My my crew is their lives to come get me, so I gotta go save this other crewman. But don't think too hard about me not saving these other crewmen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do anything to try to help them. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, uh, Data is not a Richard. That's true. Um, oh, what? Um, I I did Google this real quick, Jeff, on the quadrants. You're right. It, it's all the Milky Way. Like, like even that. though like, yeah. it takes them forever to, to cross one or the other, and yeah, it's four. It's the well, alpha, beta, gamma, and delta. I mean, people don't realize the fucking space is you can't even comprehend how big it is. Like just our system itself, or our, our solar system is gigantic, and our galaxy. Mm -hmm. and then there's millions of those. Oh my god! Yeah, I think <sighs> the best way it was explained to me, uh, I think it was on a TV show like Bill Nye or something. Said if the United States. Was like if the Milky Way is because the United States, our solar system would be this dot on this piece of paper that he put down on the floor. It's like holy shit! Yeah, it's it's. Yeah, I don't want to think about it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a scary. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Like even even like uh, Mass Effect, right? The whole thing is taking place in the Milky Way. So, mm -hmm. And there's like all kinds of shit that they don't know about everywhere. Just think about how hard it is for us to get to the goddamn moon. <laughs> and then, or Mars. Like, this whole thing we're talking about. Is, oh, my God. That's in our system. You know, like, with V'ger, which is talking about this, you know, the, the real Voyager, like, just left our solar system. Like, was, I don't know, maybe it's, like, already seven years ago now. But whatever it was. Yeah. And it was sent out in the 70s, 60s, whatever the fuck that was. Like, fuck, it's enormous out there. It's going to come back as a bald lady. <laughs> It's going to be very boring, I'll tell you that. All right. <laughs> Alex, number one. Uh, my number one was the whole The Last Temptation of Data. I thought that was, whole, that was all really freaking cool. It was all, uh, there's hardly any action in there. It was all like just really strong dialogue from uh, the Borg Queen and Data and everything going back and forth logically trying to... Um, explain their situations like asking questions trying to figure out what each what each other's motivations are i thought that like and then you throw in the uh the emotion chip that data has into the mix and that was just fantastic i loved all of that that was, that was funny he was like 
I'm a little freaked out. And Picard tells him, eh, maybe you should just turn off the chip. He's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Done. He's like, cocks his neck. Done. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I envy you. <laughs> that, that was my charm. Mm-hmm. My charm. It sounded, it sounded more like Magneto you know, there. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, and then he gets laid, probably. He does. He, he definitely creams himself when she blows on his arm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. But then they're talking, they're making out, and it's like, when's the last time you used, you know, your robot genitals? And he says, right down to the second. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait a minute. In the series? Did he ever? He's got Android Blue Ball. Yeah, he, uh, um, him and Tashiar. Got it? <laughs> Who? Are, are you joking? No. I'm, I'm dead serious. Wow, really? Yeah. Is she also an android or No. no? She's just adventurous. I mean, he'd be like, I mean, just the ultimate dildo, right? I don't know. Like, what the... It's probably hydraulic, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, perhaps. Probably. Yeah, probably. Uh, I mean, what's his face built him to be as human as possible? So, I don't know. Maybe he was pushing rope. Who knows? It just randomly. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, this dude like, doesn't oh. happen. But I, but the random, but number, yes. the random number generator. Yeah. I programmed. Let me turn on my boner chip. The seven point four seven percent chance. To... Yeah. Impotence. He's like reroll, reroll. Just oh, gotta God. reboot the system real quick. Right. Scott number one. Um, number one is the the poor queen. Uh, it's a very cool introduction um, with the way they. She drops down and they connect her to the body, um, but but just her kind of uh, like evil aura that she had, uh, and just just an interesting character, uh, and it was really nice. I mean, you had to have something like that in this movie though, because like it worked on the show with the Borg because you just had the ensemble cast kind of react to them. Um, but mm-hmm. you need like some kind of villain with some kind of motivation um, for for a movie, and they they did uh, a really uh, cool thing with with uh, creating her character for this. Uh, so yeah, the the board queen is my number one. Nice. Yeah, there, Jeff. Boner confusion. Sorry, I was talking with me. Lost him, sir. Any honorable mentions? I, you guys nailed all mine. Uh, the data stuff. Uh, Scott, are talking about the weird sharper image lighting. <laughs> um, I mentioned his clothing. Uh, what's his face's clothing being weird? Uh, but yeah, any other? Oh uh, yes. Yeah. Speaking of Doctor Cochran, <laughs> he pretty much goes. So you guys are in some kind of hot tub Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, he does that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like son of a bitch. I mean, she makes jokes about the Borg, which is a pretty dumb name for. <laughs> Yeah, if you really stop to Swedish. Um, mm. the oh. line must be John yeah. Uh that's probably one of my, my more quoted lines from a movie uh, <laughs> yeah there's there's a super cut of, of Picard doing the no <laughs> just him smashing the thing over and over again that goes on for like an hour <laughs> I remember the resistance is futile from the trailer yeah there wasn't mm. there. There was a whole uh, in Vegas, right? There used to be. It's gone now. But there used to be the whole Star Trek experience, right? 
Oh, yeah. yeah. It's sad I never got to do that. Mm-hmm. And the one thing, uh, we talked about maybe a little bit about the special effects. As You know, it's cheap. It's a cheap movie, expensive show. The scene where, War- I think it was at Worf that jumps down, it looked terrible. Him just like coming down like... Argh. Oh, no, yeah, that was Data when he's jumping down the silo. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Data. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that was straight down. That, that was a little rough. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Greetings. <laughs> Yeah. And I'm even like you, the, the Queen intro, it looked good, but nowadays you you definitely see it. But I'll, I'll let it pass for the time mm-hmm. it came out. Yeah. All right. Well, it's time to rate it. As usual, we rate on a scale of 1 to 7, 1 being absolute garbage, 7 being perfection. Um, I really, really, really liked this movie uh, when I was younger, when it first came out. And uh, I think it still holds up. It's one of those movies that... I'm not a big Star Trek fan, but I do like Star Trek because of stuff like this. There's a few movies. The Rathcon, Voyage Home, this, Undiscovered Country are movies that I really liked. And uh, I'm going to give it a six. I really did like it, and I'll keep watching this movie. Hmm. So, six for me. Alex. For me, it's a strong five. This one, Catch Me on a Different Day, it might be a six. But, yeah, right now in this viewing, it's a five. It's really strong. Really, uh, I mean, iffy effects because of, uh, of when it was filmed, but the writing is still really good. The storytelling is really good. All right, Scott. Uh, six. I, I I really like these characters, um, and, I, and I like seeing them get the chance to, to do anything <laughs> that, that isn't stupid. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that and like... Fucking Picard. Yeah, so there's just a lot to, to like here. Um and uh, yeah, I've pretty much gone over everything else. Uh, and yeah, I, I am I am a fan of the, the series, so this is one of the the better uh, incarnations of, of the at least the next generation cast. So see stuff like this that would make me want to go back. I do want to go back and watch Next Generation, but it's like a syndicate. I mean, there's like what eight seasons with twenty four episodes yeah, each or something. It's, it's, it's like uh, you could skip the first season, right? No, you can't. <laughs> it, it, it's it's. I mean, yeah, you, you could skip any of it because there's not really too much in the way of continuity. But um, yeah, you kind of need to see the whole thing <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to get the full effect. Kind of see how they grow. Like even just see like the, the costumes change. They, they switch yeah. from the the latex to the to the wool. <laughs> mm-hmm. See Picard constantly having to readjust himself. Um, Doesn't he have a giant dong? That's the rumor. No, they just said he had a big shiny head. Yeah. Hundred and seventy six episodes I'm reading. Hundred and seventy six centimeters. I you need we need to do an episode on the one about the space Irish. I'll find, I'll find, <laughs> I'll find the name of that episode and then we'll we'll see about what we need to do to watch that. Before we get off the uh, Star Trek before we go on to the another list, I do want to mention that at Red Letter Media uh, they do have some videos reviewing Picard, and they have a few, like, uh, Next Generation or Star Trek trivia videos yeah, uh, that huge, I recommend. Especially that one guy's a huge Star Trek fan, right? Yeah. It's like uh, Rich Evans and Mike Staklasa. Yeah, they're the yeah. they're the big Trekkers. Yeah. But yeah, those episodes are hilarious. And then <laughs> tearing apart Picard is freaking awesome. <laughs> I recommend... Can I also remember, I'm still looking at uh, Patrick Stewart's um, IMDb here, and it's like it's credited as he's in he's in I'm sorry his character is Picard, 
But this one, he's Captain Jean-Luc Picard. And this one, he's just Jean-Luc Picard. Mm-hmm. Or Locutus of Borg clone. And then he's Captain... It's like five different versions of the same character. Well, I don't get it. He's in a lot of video games <laughs> for X-Men and Star Trek. Getting paid. Get that, get that money. No. Uh, I, he was also in T- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, apparently. That's what in in one of the the, the animated ones. Cartoons. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I actually watched Winters. Whoever that was. Actually, that one wasn't bad. Uh, anyway, uh, the so we talked a bit about the the newer series and how they just doesn't feel the same. The the most Star Trek thing that I've seen that feels like Next Generation is actually the Orville. I don't know if you guys have watched. Uh, yeah, of that. I've watched a couple I episodes, but I see the commercials, and it definitely felt like. Yeah, it, it felt more Star Trek than than anything since then, really. Um, right. Bro Trek. Yeah, you know, just you kind of have to take or leave uh, Seth MacFarlane's kind of take on things, but um, yeah, it, if you want to see a Star Trek thing, I recommend the Orville. All right, nerds. Mm-hmm. And the Elder Scroll, Elder Scrolls Four, Oblivion, he voiced which character? Ah, shit. I, know, I think I know. He's I don't. He's right there in the very beginning. He's like the king, right? The yeah. Uh, and he's the emperor. emperor sorry. Uriel Septim the Seventh. Doesn't he just like die right away? Yes. Oh, right. <laughs> if you're asking me, I haven't gotten. I don't know. I only played the beginning of that game. Oblivion. Yeah. It was mm-hmm. too hard. It was too open. Yeah, I was. I was over it. That's what she said. Whoa! Whoa! All right, it's time for our crossover topic, which is top five warp slash light speed technologies Hi- in. Yeah, in uh, you know, in in media, in TV, movies, books comics, video games, whatever. Soap operas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, there you go. Uh, oh, mine didn't complete. Shit. Uh, didn't come up with number five. It was hard. Not that hard. I came up with something. <laughs> oh, no, I know what it is. All right, so my number five, because I had my first, actually, my first four came up with relatively easy. I can't come up with a fifth, but it's Serenity Now <laughs> from, Fire, from Firefly. There you go. I like, guess the only ship I can think of. I'm assuming it goes to light speed. It's been a while. It, so it, it, I forget what they call it, but yes. Yeah. So Okay. It's kind of lame, I know, because I don't really know much about it. But I, I had a hard time writing my number five. And I was trying to be serious with this, except for my number four. Um, there you go. <laughs> Alex, number five. Uh, my number five is Doctor Who. Uh, you know, this series has been on forever since it was black and white. So the the, the phone booth just fading in whenever it traveled somewhere. Uh, it's fine. Whatever. They did the same in, in Dune. I think both the Dune movies. But in the newest, uh, like, Doctor Who series and stuff, you actually see him go, the phone booth, like, spinning almost out of control through a light tunnel and everything. So I'm pretty sure there were, Doctor Who. I'm pretty sure there were no phone booths in either Dune movie, Alex. <laughs> well, you got to look for him, yeah. That's right. Oh, yeah, it was a police box. God damn it. It's a fucking phone booth. It's a British phone booth. London calling. Scott, uh, Scott number guys. five. Number five is Fifth Element. So, uh, 
apparently sexy sexy space yeah, flight. Apparently mm-hmm. they they collect tribbles when they they're in space, but at any rate, uh, <laughs> they yeah, yeah, they, yeah they have to put everybody to sleep. Um, and yeah, there's there's a, a whole like virgin air thing going on. Uh, and uh, but not for that one. Yeah, not for Ruby Road. Uh, yep, it was just I, I like the idea of them. Uh, like that's how you travel. Like you're not you're not awake for the for the hyper thing. But it wasn't like a cryostasis necessarily. Maybe just because right. they didn't want to put the budget into into that. Understandably, uh, yeah, fifth element. I always thought. I don't, have you guys ever been under anesthesia? Yes. It is. Uh, I always thought, like, why don't we? Just, I, I got a, more than a four-hour flight. Put me under that shit, man. That would be perfect. Just I'm in the plane. I'm there. Oh my just god! Totally it's yeah. it's kind of dangerous. <laughs> That's why you have, need an anesthesiologist to make sure you don't die. Let's, I understand why, but I'm just saying, be, <laughs> if they were safe, I wouldn't mind. So it. Alex has like a real life superpower. Where Alex can just oh yeah, that's true. I, I, I do do that. Yeah. Uh, Alex just be like, oh, it's a 12-hour flight. I'm just going to sleep now. Yep. Asshole. See you suckers there. Yeah, I was wide awake the entire, was it, 13-hour flight from Rome to L.A. Oh, my God. Oh, Jeebus H. Just watch the movie, go to the bathroom, sit down, watch another That's movie, crazy. go to the bathroom, yeah. sit down. Yeah. All right, uh, Scott, number five. Uh, oh, wait, was that? What? Go ahead, sorry. So, number five or number four? Sorry, was did you number five? Number five again? is fifth element. Yeah, fifth element. Okay, so my nah, my number four is <laughs> we can't stop. <laughs> oh, fucking shit! That's higher on my list. Yeah. Space <laughs> Spaceballs, ludicrous speed. What oh, I mean. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! I can't believe I didn't think of that. So, so we told the story a few times. It's probably only funny to me and Jeff. Of the <laughs> just the trip out to Vegas one time. And uh, yeah. somebody said something about slowing the, down, and and then Jeff quoted that line. <laughs> I was laughing about that shit for the entire weekend. Like, yeah, stone cold sober. I was. I don't know why. It just like it hit me. <laughs> we can't stop. <laughs> We've got to slow down. Oh, <laughs> All right, uh, that's my number four. So mm-hmm. Alex, what's your number four? My number four is the Bifrost. Uh, huh? I'll allow it. Yeah, he travels to other planets, other planes of existence. And they need a sword to put in the thing, and they shoot him out in the rainbow. You gotta get a sword to put in the thing and play it. You're there. Yeah, well, I'm not uh, Idris Elba. I can't do that. Uh-huh. And it's pretty much that rainbow bridge that is powering the. Uh, the uh, what should we call it? Mario Telescope Party. rainbow road looking yeah. thing. Yeah, the rainbow road. Steep. That's a good one. I have a lot. Yeah, it's good. It's nice. It's, yeah, it's good. Poochie. <laughs> Alright, Scott, number four. Number four is Mass Effect. Uh, uh, my number three. So <laughs> it in in a way they cheat to to make the loads more interesting. <laughs> but mm-hmm. when you're, you're zipping around the galaxy from like any significant distance, you go to one of the relays, and then there's this like super cool like magnetic like electrical kind of slingshot thing that that happens to fling you like across the galaxy and mm-hmm. yeah it's 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 a it's a cool like sci-fi concept and 
you know, they fully animated the whole thing, so you get to see it. So, yeah, Mass Effect. All right. Uh, my number three, um, as we mentioned, we don't, I don't usually like to, I think mo most of us don't like, all of us don't like to include ones for the stuff we're talking about, but it's got to be Star Trek Warp Drive. Um, I don't know about the show and the movies, the special effect is not the best, but it's still kind of cool. Uh, but the fact that they ex try to explain it a lot more than they do in, like, say, Star Wars, which may <laughs> appear later on in my list, uh, I do like that they try to make it explainable. Whether it's, you know, it's stupid or not, who cares? But, uh, yeah, Star Trek Warp is my number three. Alex, which number three? Uh, mine is also Mass Effect. Um, I really like the, the idea of the relay stations because you can't just go... Like anywhere, you have to go to one station, and then it stops you from the hyperspeed at the at the next right, one. Right. And and if you don't hit it, <laughs> you'd just be going in the same direction for all eternity, or until you hit a planet or sun or something. So, that end your trip real quick. Yeah, or like not as a crop, case boy. Maybe, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Scott, number three. Uh, number three is Dune. Um, so it's not so much for the visual, but the concept. Um, they, they go over this in, in later books. So um, I, I, I don't think it's spoiling anything. So the, there's the the spacing guild or the, the navigators, mm -hmm. as they're called, and they need the spice. <laughs> but they're they're basically like again they're oh, the they're, they're uh, basically plotting out the the course, and they need the spice fed. Like they say, they're a little crash into shit. Um, but there's a, there's a whole thing about them actually like folding space kind of, but not like in the dumbass way that they do in. Um, <laughs> I almost Event put Horizon. Event Horizon on my list just to piss you off. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, ah. so, but yeah, Dune. <laughs> just get right, a piece of paper, I... put a pencil through it. It's, that's hyperdrive. It's also hideously expensive in, in the Dune universe. Mm -hmm. I thought about Dune because you. We talked about it recently when we did Dune, but since you only talked about it, I actually haven't seen it or anything, so I couldn't add it to my list. Um, but my number two is the Battlestar Galactica, the FTL drives. Um, mm -hmm. The whole thing about how, at least when the first time they jump in the miniseries, I don't know if you guys remember that, but it's like it's a big deal. They haven't done it in a while, and just even the, the passengers on the ship, like, yeah, I don't like this. It's, it's a big deal. It's not just. A no-brainer, right? Like it's, it's a big deal, and the fact that it's just—it doesn't—you don't see movement, right? It just—it's gone and it's there. It's which I would think if you're traveling the speed of light or warping, it would kind of be that you wouldn't see it moving in a lot, you know, a vector or whatever. Uh, mm -hmm. Just really a vector, cool. Victor. It, it, it added more weight to it, and uh, but yeah, and like I said, I don't—I know we we watched the miniseries, right? We did the miniseries for the podcast. That's it. Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. And then the very first episode, I believe, where they have the 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 uh, I almost want to say the Borg, <laughs> Cylons. The, Cylon, the Cylons are tracking them, and they have to like the jump like every thirty nine minutes. There's a certain time they're tracking. I mean, it was just warp, 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 where they're just putting stress on everybody and everything. It's it's really cool, really cool episode. It just yeah, the FTL drives from. Uh, Battlestar Galactica, and Alex mentioned the whole uh, what's your favorite the move the uh, Adama maneuver when they drop in and drop out. Mm -hmm. That was pretty cool. Badass. Yeah, pretty badass. So, faster than light, Battlestar Galactica. Alex, number two. 
My number two is the Improbability Drive from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Ah, that's a good one. Damn. Um, uh, I love the you know the description of the book. The ship, the heart of gold, is shaped like a, like a very futuristic type of sneaker. And I love the visuals in the movie where the ship would just turn into just random images before it blipped out of existence and, and popped up somewhere else. There it is. Sorry, I just remembered a line from Adama. Can you plot that jump? No one ever has. That's not my question. Can you plot that jump? Anyway. The line Scott, must be John here. Number two. <laughs> Scott, number two. Uh, number two is the Star Wars. Uh, I almost feel like, the, like if we're going to talk about uh, Star Wars um, jumping to, to light speed, it, it almost turns into like a uh Talladega Nights, Ricky Bobby when they're talking about their favorite Jesus. Like <laughs> yeah. what's, what's your favorite one? Uh, you know. I I mean obviously everybody's number one is uh, Star Tours. The original Star Tours. Uh, yes. But, you know, across you know, nine movies or ten, eleven movies now, um and shows, you know, you have instant specific instances to pick from. Um I always think it looks cool, not not just in, in Star Wars, but like you were talking about before, Jeff, with uh, Battlestar Galactica, where you see like a bunch of ships all at once kind of just pop into existence. Uh, yeah, like that's always cool. Yeah, so if that happens in Star Wars, that's cool. So I'll let you guys talk more about Star Wars. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, my number one is Star Wars. Um, as much as Disney's trying to ruin it with. <laughs> Fucking Millennium Falcon coming out of light speed in the atmosphere of a planet and whatever else stupid ass bullshit they're doing or flying through a Star Destroyer, whatever they're doing. Uh, it's lame, but uh, in the original movie, it's just the movies, I should say, it's just bad at the star lines, the special effect from a movie perspective. The star lines have always been cool, and um, you know, it's just it's just awesome. The end of Empire when R2 fixes the hyperdrive and they take off and I still think my favorite one, and I think it was favorite because I remember my dad never really was emotional. Not even emotional is the wrong word. Like, reacting in a movie. But he took me to see Return of the Jedi and the scene where Lando and Akbar and everyone are doing the jump into hyperspace for the final attack on the Death Star. And they all just take off. I just remember my dad go, whoa, that's cool, or something like that. And I just, as a, was that 83? So I was a six-year-old thing. Dad likes it. It must be cool. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was cool, but now I really think it's cool. Um, yeah, it's a Star Wars, and they don't—they don't try to explain it. Just hey, I mean, there's the one time where we kind of quoted it earlier, where Han Solo says, "You know, you're like Dustin Crops, boy, you, you don't want to go through a supernova." Oh, they kind of wave, hand wave it, but whatever. They don't explain it, and I just it's apparently cool. fe- apparently they need a lot of fuel to do it now. <laughs> yeah. And I gotta say, I rode on the Millennium Falcon ride, and I got to sit the very first time. I got to pull the levers. One of the greatest moments. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Great. All right, Alex, number one. My number one, also Star Wars, but yeah, as Scott said, Star Tours. That's my absolute favorite. Because as a kid, that was the that ride was amazing. You actually got to be like in a little starship. It wasn't the Millennium Falcon like it is now, or an X Wing or an A Wing or anything like that. No, it's still. It's, I mean, uh, Star it, it was pretty much a, a, the same thing. Yeah, pretty much. It's a, it's an Aerostar van. It was a Ford Aerostar, <laughs> and 
as kids, <laughs> even with the yeah, with Jeff's brother Brian, we would go to Disneyland every once in a while, and, and we would just go in there, and then we'd know when light speed was coming, so we'd just lean forward real far, and then when the ride like tilted back, we would slide back into the seats. Light speed, that was the best. <laughs> I still do <laughs> it. <laughs> I tell the kids, "Hey guys, lean forward." Then I tell you the time my brother put the seatbelt on behind him. <laughs> I think you so, told that story. Maybe. Yeah, so you know when they they look at the panel to see all the green <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. they close. He buckled it behind him, and he was th- he almost died. <laughs> should do that on uh, uh, Guardians Escape. Achievement <laughs> age. You will die on that one. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah. Yeah, Star Tours. I mean, I, back as a kid, Star Star Tours was the best. Uh, mm-hmm. Once they added the 3D, I fucking hate that right now. But uh, I know Scott does too. It's rough. <laughs> so does that poor lady at the end. I'm dying for your stiff arm right in your face. <laughs> All right, Scott, number one. Uh, number one is his Spaceballs. <laughs> They've gone to Plaid. <laughs> just, just funny. Just great. taking the piss out of the the whole. Uh, specifically Star Star Wars, but there were other movies kind of doing the same thing at that point. But. Yeah, secure the what is it? Secure the zoo, secure the animals in the zoo. All the Cancel the three ring circuits. Yeah. yeah. What's the matter, Colonel Sanders? Chicken. Prepare. <laughs> Scott, I, or Scott, especially, but both of you. No one had Futurama. There's no light speed in that. There, I just could have sworn you guys would do something from there's, that. Um, there. There's definitely episodes that are specifically about that. Um, yeah, I think mostly they just kind of zip around. Uh, yeah. Like, okay. Well, I mean, technically the universe moves around the ship. Yeah. That's, and the ship is always in the same place. <laughs> Try to wrap your noodle around that one. Oh, my. There you go. Any honorable mentions? I don't have any. This is a hard yeah, list for me. Like I couldn't. Uh, there's, there's, there's some things that I thought of, but I, I either, like it's been so long since I saw them that I, I didn't want to put them on the list without knowing what I was talking about. So like 2001. Um, yeah, was he traveling through light speed? It was something like yeah, that. It looked cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, 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 Event I Horizon. need to watch it. Not Event Horizon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, I guess uh, Destiny Two. You see those ships enter like from like portals and stuff, and that's how they traveled. Yeah, that's true. What, the loading screen? You mean? <laughs> no, not the loading screen. But when you'd be out in the world, and then you'd see like this big black circle, and then a ship would start coming out of it and drop the troops, and then it would go through another like portal to go uh, out. Like they called it the BBC for short. <laughs> yeah. All right. Put it at home. You can get that in your mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, we a bunch of games about Star Wars. When you play the X-wing or the Tie Fighter video games, and you got the you got the vector graphics lines when you went to hyperspace. That was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's it. So with that, it's uh, time for Alex knows sports. I'm Alex, and I like sports. Sports ball. Uh, so today in sports, I want to talk about this uh, sports kind of. Korean variety show that's going on. It was pretty interesting. 
and, and it's actually um, they they uh, this legendary soccer player from Korea's like national team. Okay. Uh, is like the manager, and then he got a, another famous coach that was a former player and everything. And these guys were like at the top of their field in Korean soccer, so they're very famous over there. And they're putting together like a beer league kind of. Uh, of players, but they're players that are in like um, sports that aren't that famous in Korea, or they're retired athletes. It's not anybody that's really playing like soccer. No, there's no soccer players, obviously. So they're like, but f- like former like StarCraft players or something like that. <laughs> no, <laughs> I was expecting that, but no, there was no esports players okay. uh-huh. in there. But they actually, it was it was pretty interesting. They had one guy that was playing that was a professional kabaddi player in India, which is like I guess India's like national sport that's four thousand years old. I'd never heard of it, so already the show's paying dividends. Uh, there's a, a Korean hockey player, and and. And he wanted to bring more attention to, to hockey, so that's why he auditioned for this show. Uh, a triathlete, a uh, uh, rock climber and everything. So these guys, and they all had to do, like, special skills, like, to show off, like, something that they're proud of, and then show off, like, their soccer skills. It's starting to, and sound, they like, got picked. It's starting to sound like the, the what they do before the Hunger Games to figure out what the skills they have. <laughs> a little bit, but it's mostly just... Soccer, and then uh, so far it's still going on. Actually, they have like weekly episodes being released, uh, and right now we just finished them trying like the two mock games against each other because this is actually the second season of the show, but that's the only one that's on Netflix. And they brought back some people from the first season, so now they have like a complete soccer team that they'll go around playing with other like you know just beer leagues and everything uh, to see how well they do. Okay. This isn't like now, this, I, this isn't like Squid Games, right? This isn't like a Squid Games joke. <laughs> no, okay, no, no, I haven't watched Squid is... Games, so this this whole thing could be over my head. No, not at okay. all. But I <laughs> I would not recommend this <laughs> to almost anybody unless you're like a diehard soccer fan or are used to Korean dramas because the the shortest episode in the series is 109 minutes. They are long. Gadzooks. It sounds, it sounds yeah. like right up Jeff's alley because I know he likes like the four-hour-long Beatle stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so far, the longest episode is what? Scott. Been, you like, still haven't seen Squid Game? Nope. One hundred twenty-eight minutes. I'm very wrong? busy. Scott Jeff. doesn't watch anything. Very busy. Yeah. yeah. Playing Mass Effect for the twelfth time, amongst other things. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I mean, if you're really into soccer. I would recommend it if you're used to like Korean dramas or Korean variety shows. Also good. It's it's pretty entertaining in those veins. Okay. Uh, but other than that, that, that cross section, <laughs> Korean variety shows. Yeah. Or soccer. All right. Yeah. Just what saying. about K-pop music videos? Yep. Uh, no, those are a spectacle. A, yes. Man. Is, I would recommend those for is everybody. BTS in it. No, but they mentioned BTS. Okay. Well then. Yeah. BTS fans. There you go. It. Alright, Cyber Neo News! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Alright, we're running super long. Uh, just just uh, one uh, one thing I want to talk average about. Average first now. Uh, the foosball playoffs are going on. Uh, and during the playoffs? The playoffs. Want to talk about playoffs? Uh, during the, the Monday night playoff game uh, betwixt the Rams and the Cardinals, uh, at halftime, they 
premiered the the trailer for Moon Knight. Uh, oh yeah, the next MCU show to be on Disney Plus. I don't know what the the release date is for this. Um, this is kind of I don't know what, how, but this fell off my radar completely that this thing was coming. Um, I knew that um, Oscar Isaac was was going to be the the titular Moon Knight, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I completely forgot about this as a series. I, I knew he was going to be you know again Moon Knight and part of the MCU. Um, so yeah, check out the trailer. Um, it looks like at least the way that they're making it try trying to make it look a little more intense than than the other MCU shows so far uh, with an unhinged character. Um, it kind of reminded mm-hmm. me of um, Legion a little bit. If anybody saw that over on FX, um, I saw the first couple. Did not. Yeah. So at least at least in the trailer, just again this unhinged character. Uh, but it is Disney Plus, so I'm sure they're gonna PG-13 it up. Um, what I'm curious about is like how this ultimately fits into the to the whole universe because this is the the first MCU Disney Plus show. That's a mouthful. Where mm-hmm. it's not a character from the or it doesn't feature a character from the from the first three phases. Uh, yeah. Or phase four it's now. A new character. Yeah, so it's a new yeah. character. Um, pretty big actor. Um, so the thing I, I, yeah. I guess I'm kind of wondering about is, could this be like the first one where we we see a direct translation from the show into the universe, where he plays a big role in the, the future phases here, or or, the, mm. or in the, the upcoming, this, this current phase or upcoming phases. Or if it's just the show and yeah, maybe he shows up, maybe he doesn't, but... Um, yeah, these these are the, the the nerdy things that I think about. Uh, but at any rate, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it, it it looks interesting. Um, so you know, I'm I'm a sucker for all this stuff. So I'll definitely be checking it out when when it does come around. So yeah, oh yeah, so that's really all I wanted to talk about was Moon Knight. Have you guys seen the trailer? I'm assuming Alex, you have. Yeah, yeah. Jeff, I, I saw it. I was watching okay. the game. Really didn't pay that much attention. <laughs> but I saw it. Okay. I just like that that meme uh, comic panel from Moon Knight, <laughs> where he's walking down the stairs of some dungeon, and Moon Knight's just saying, "Dracula, you fucking nerd, where are you?" <laughs> so I think yeah. I think so. I don't know yeah. anything. I don't, well, not not anything, but I know very little about this character from the comics. But from what I heard, he's kind of like a like a in the mold of a, a Deadpool, Peter Parker, where he's just constantly making wisecracks. So maybe, mm. maybe Arnie is a Batman hinting, hinting at breaking the fourth yeah. wall. Uh, oh, maybe. But, uh, I don't remember that much. I know I had a few comic books from him. I used to collect comic books from like obscure characters, like him and was it Night Nightwing? That's maybe wrong. or Nighthawk. I don't know. Nightwing's Nova. Wrong. I had a couple Nova comic books. Um, but yeah, I didn't. I didn't get really into Moon Knight. So. So our friend Eric, Moon Knight's his favorite character of all time, and he's a big comic book nerd. And he he's been he was texting, he's like, "I'm only watching this shitty Rams game so I can see Moon Knight." <laughs> <laughs> nerd. Uh, I I was I don't remember yeah, Oscar Isaac. Whether it was something that I read a while ago or just talking to somebody, but maybe I'm just pulling this completely out of my ass. But I I vaguely remember there being some speculation that Moon Knight was gonna 
play a major role in these phases as as like a not necessarily the the villain, but as uh, like a foil adversary to some of the other characters. Um, so we'll see. Um, mm-hmm. Find out. Yeah. So yeah, looking forward to all this stuff as usual. Uh, Alex, anything you want to go over? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I finished Guardians of the Galaxy, the video game. Okay. I absolutely loved it. Um, I, I, there's a lot of quips in it, like I mentioned before, but it didn't really bother me, especially since I love stuff like uh, uh, Always Sun in Philadelphia, where everybody's talking over everybody. So it, all of that you know, made sense to me, dialogue-wise. Uh, the combat is a bit chaotic at first, but once you get used to it, it, it can flow really well. It's cool. I recommend it. All right. Other than that, I saw the Eternals. Okay. And I really liked the it. First time. I went in there. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Disney Plus. Now. I remember. Yeah. Uh, people saying that it's not like a, a traditional Marvel movie, and that I went in with that expectation, and I was not disappointed. I mean, I like the the look of their suits. I like all the special effects. The story. I mean, they could have done a little bit more with. Or maybe even less, with the uh, was it the deviants? Yeah, boring, boring name. Uh, but yeah, having one deviant talk and everything, I thought, okay, this might go somewhere. But then it didn't really. Uh, aside from the the fight with their um, with the celestial that put them on Earth, but the scope, the scale of everything at the end was awesome. They, they did a really good job with the sense of scale, and. Uh, Introduced that another guy that might be wrapped up in ribbons is uh, was it the, uh, the Black Knight? Spoilers. So like like I've been saying, I I enjoyed it. Um, you know, I I would say it, it, it is interesting because like it's it's its own thing. Um, like mm-hmm. they do reference the the rest of the MCU at points, um, but yeah, there's there's no like. There's really no connection outside of that uh, with with everything that's going on in this movie and all the characters. So. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but I definitely got like a Guardians vibe off of the uh, the first stinger from the movie. Oh yeah, like so I'm I wondering if the... I yeah again I don't want to spoil anything, but yeah I I agree. Um, yeah, I wonder if they're if they are going to show up in Guardians three. So it it, it is a weird thing because. It's basically the, their second attempt with the whole ensemble thing, um, but this this group isn't as colorful um, as as the the Guardians cast. So, and and they're bigger, mm-hmm. like it's a bigger cast. Um, the the story is way more like esoteric. Um, yeah, yeah, like but I enjoyed it. So we'll see what happens next. Yeah, and Jeff, have you seen it yet? That's it. No, I'm not. I'm gonna watch it hopefully in the next week or so. I've not seen okay. it yet. All right. Cool. Uh, anything else, Alex? Nope, that's it. All right, uh, Jeff. Anything you want to go over? Yeah, I got a bunch of shit. All right. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of Marvel, I heard today that it's been leaked that John Krasinski is going to be playing Reed Richards in the upcoming Doctor oh, Strange. Um. However, because it is, first of all, it's the rumor, but it's been like. It's a rumor we're talking about, from what I've heard. Uh, but because it's the multiverse, it's of Madness, he just may be. 
a version of Reed. He may not be the one that moving forward carries right. uh, Fantastic Four. So he may not he may um, not be the one carrying the torch. Whoa. Hey-o. Human torch. Oh yeah, did we see Michael see Chiklis? <laughs> That's yeah. the thing. And then whether Emily Blunt plays Invisible mm. Girl, Sue. I don't know. We'll see. But uh, that was kind of interesting. I I don't like it. I th- although I think he kind of fits the character. I just I just see Jim. So it's hard <laughs> for me as a big off as a big officer. <laughs> like it. It, would, it would be hard for me. Um. So, so that's that. So that's interesting. Yeah, news. I, I uh, that. It totally makes uh, sense though, because like in the so what little I know about the comics. Like Reed Richards is like constantly involved in all the like galactic level bullshit going on, so and that seems like where things yeah. are headed again. Again, yeah. I mean, from what I know, I think if they were to do this, he would pretty much take over like Tony Stark's character as far as the leader, the scientists of the group, and all that. Even though you do, I guess you have some. Well, now it hurts with the with um uh, the Wakanda stuff. I can't forget the actor's name now with him passing away. That, Although it wasn't really him, it was more his sister. But anyway, yeah. it may be him and maybe Peter Parker, but I've heard Reed Richards might be the perfect person to take over that role. Um, but yeah. I've seen a... So that's my news. I've seen a bunch of crap. I've, did we talk about this? I saw the new Matrix movie. Uh, I don't think so. uh, Yeah, we haven't talked about it. Uh, did you guys see it yet or not? I, I felt nope. no desire to watch this. And I've got um, HBO Max I will too, say, so it'll be easy. Yeah, it, to me, it was definitely better than the third movie. It's if you like the Matrix movies, I think it's worth the watch. It's not. It's very meta, which I kind of liked, Whoa. but then almost a little too much at some point. So I don't know. People said it was really crappy. I did not think it was really crappy. It was it was a decent movie. Um, as a fan of the the movie and parts of the second, and I really hated the third. Like if you just it kind of just oh forget the third movie. It's basically giving. Well, spoiler, a better ending. <laughs> you got to watch it. Just see what's going on there. Um, but speaking of meta, so that movie is really meta. I'm not even joking. Like, without well, spoiler, there's really, in this world now, there's a, what's his face? Uh, Mr. What's his name? <laughs> Mr. Uh, Elrond. Ne- yeah, no, but uh, Neo's real name. Uh, oh, Anderson. 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 Yeah, whatever. He's a video game developer developing a game, a video game called The Matrix, and it's just, it's really fucking meta. Oh, um, they bring it back to Matrix Online? Yeah. You have a job again, Alex. <laughs> well, I didn't do that. Oh. Um, I also saw the new Scream movie over the weekend. What is, um, like, in the which theater? Is, yeah. Wow. Good. Yeah. Good on And uh, it was. Uh, very meta as well. Like it's all these movies, just not trying to be like super. Well, I feel, I feel like at least for ridiculous. Scream, that was all, that's always been the case, right? I know. Uh, yeah, but this is this is it's. Yeah, you're right. Scream was based off of that. This is taking it to okay. a whole other level. Like it's <laughs> it's 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 kind of ridiculous. But it was good. I mean, I haven't seen actually the Scream sequels. All I ever saw was the original, and. Um, so there were stuff I read, okay. some characters they brought back and stuff that I didn't really get. But uh, like Laura was a big fan of the Scream franchise, and she said this was probably her second favorite one. I think Which, she said. wasn't there one with, like Jane Silent Bob. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think there's yeah, a cameo by them. Uh, Courtney Cox so I saw, looked them off. So I say that I, I liked it. Whatever, it was all right. 
I saw um, Don't Look Up. Have you guys seen this? I want on I'm Netflix. Gonna try to watch it. Yeah, it's on the list. Yeah. So watch that. It's a uh, whew. It's basically social commentary. It looks, know, looks and, uh, it, yes, yeah. It's like oh, government would never do this. Oh yes. Have, have, you, have you ever um, seen um, the Loop or In the Loop or <laughs> yeah, or, uh, Death of Stalin or Veep? I've watched no. in the in you've the seen loop. Veep though, right, Jeff? <laughs> I've seen some episodes. Like that's, that's kind of reminds me of where people up. are just being like super like mean to each other through the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, this is worse than that. This is more like um, I can't even think of the name. The the Kubrick. Don't be a menace to society where you're drinking juice in the hood. <laughs> I don't I think don't, Stanley I don't Kubrick think, I don't that think that movie. was a Kubrick movie, Jeff. <laughs> no, but the, I, can't, I can't remember the name don't, of the movie. Don't, don't be a menace to society by drinking your juice in South Central. Or the yeah, hood. I was joking. In the hood. But what's the damn Dr. Oh, Strangelove? Oh. Because oh. it has the a Dr. long title, too. That's how I stopped learning to fear the bomb. Yes. How to stop fear yes, the bomb. Yes, Yeah. Yeah. It felt more like that. Like, it was very, you know, no fight in the war room. and Oh, thousands of lives. Who cares? It, it's Anyway, watch it. Mm-hmm. It's a great cast. Leo, Jennifer Lawrence, Meryl Streep. Um, mm-hmm. I'm forgetting a bunch of people. But it's a big cast. It's on Netflix. Watch it. Everyone has Netflix. Cobra Kai, I finished that. Really, if you're, if you're a fan of the show, you'll definitely like the latest season. If you're not a fan of the show, but you like the movies, what you waiting for? Get in yeah, there and watch awesome that. I have yet to watch any of those. <laughs> I'm bad. Uh, it, it, it tricks you into watching a young adult TV show. I'll tell you that. It really <laughs> is. Goes full, goes full it's a young adult yeah. show. Just every once in a while, it's just like, hey, remember, old, remember this old, from the 80s? The old, old man? The old guys, here. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there literally is a scene where Johnny is has a montage training to a Rocky Three song. I'm gonna guess it was that song. It's Rocky Four. It well, it wasn't Hearts of Fire. Maybe it was Rocky. They referenced Rocky Three. Oh, Rocky Three, yeah. It had know. to do with like Daniel and Johnny teaming up, and he said they Johnny said that way or something like that, and he's like, "What about Apollo helping Rocky and beat Clever Lang?" Type stuff, but then. There was a montage song. It was one of the Rocky <laughs> songs. I don't remember. Do they, they uh, hug on the beach? I oh, don't tell me. They do not hug on the. Don't spoil it. Hug on the beach. Yeah, spoilers. Um, I think that's it. I think that's all I've seen. I've seen a lot lately. Uh, oh, and uh, well, we're gonna talk about a little because uh, I am not doing Book of Boba Fett. You're gonna get no Patreon out of me in this because I am not a fan of this show. Really? I, so I, oh, I, damn. I, I watched the first two episodes and and I enjoyed it a lot more than I thought I would. Whew, this third episode pissed me off. I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I can tell you, like, I don't like the flashback thing. Um, You're right. Like, okay, wait. You've seen the first yeah. two, Scott? Alex, you've seen the first three. I'm assuming. Yes. All right. Well, we can talk about the first two okay. then. Um, yeah, I mean, there are parts of it I like. The flashbacks, I really don't like. I th- I mean, I like what you're getting out of it. I just think it's taking too long, and I'm bored with it. <laughs> I was bored with it. Um, so that's it. I don't so, need so to the, talk just, about it. I just just I, like uh, I just list off some things that that I really really liked about it. Um, like I I really like Ming Na. Um, yeah, yeah, just just, just kind of mm-hmm. like like. Lawful evil, kind of <laughs> just in the background, uh, just being a badass. Um, 
I liked the uh, when the hut showed up. Um, spoilers. Um, yeah. Yeah. By the way, yeah, spoiler, spoiler, yeah. spoiler alert. I thought that that whole scene was was fantastic. Alex was fantastic. Um, yeah. The, the 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 poor bastards holding up the the litter. <laughs> you can see like their yeah. knees buckling. I know they're, <laughs> they're shaking. Yeah, yeah, that was such a good touch. That was um, awesome. Yeah, just seeing the the two the the twins. Um, and she's got she's got like the, the little fan which barely covers any of her face. Um, yeah, like, that was super cool. Um, it was fun seeing uh, Je- Jennifer Beals as the like. Are they all twi- they're not She's not Twilex. Yeah. yeah. What, what's Bib Fortuna? He's, he's a Twilight too. Fucked, he's a very fucked ugly up one. Twilight. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Just, just fun seeing her. Um, I, I do like. Really, they really dig into the the sand people, uh, like mythos. Um, there's very Damn much man. like a Pacific Islander vibe to to everything going on there too, um, with like the weapons and stuff, which which we kind of talked about a little bit. In uh, Mando, when he shows up with the the, the beat stick, I don't know what to call it. <laughs> yeah, the gaffy stick. Uh, the gaffy, gaffy stick. stick. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I liked all that stuff. I'm, I'm having a hard time getting a beat on his character, right? So it's like Disney Plus. He's a bitch. Like, sorry. <laughs> so like, yeah, he's he, he will kill people, but he's got like this weird like they're reformists. Like, there needs to be a little bit more of an edge to him, I think, for for me to really get in, get into this anymore but uh but he's fine though um, i i do think it's cool that this this guy's like um still getting to do this character 20 years later now almost 30 yeah um i think that's that's kind of a, a cool thing from from a meta meta point of view i like that it's just taking place in the in the one spot to kind of let that breathe a little bit uh the the, the like they got the band back together <laughs> Um, so Max Rebo, I don't know what the hell the other guy's name is. I bet you guys do though. Figure and Dan. Oh, there you go. Uh, we don't know if it's actually Figure. No, I don't. But probably. I mean, I'm guessing it's Max Rebo. Maybe it's not. <laughs> the modal nodes just died. Uh, so, so in the in the second episode when the bike those I, that bugs me those biker gangs like they're literally wearing jean jackets and say yeah I know that's so far that's the worst part for me too that was like, I, yeah I fucking get it I, I think there was a, a Star Wars <sighs> like the old Star Wars video game reference in that in that scene though like for a split second you hear like the bleep bloop like the when they're in the bar with the yeah. bikers. When he beats him right up before that, yeah, right before that, there's there's like a, uh, maybe like you heard like the first I know like th- few beats the 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 music that's coming from that machine. Yeah, like your vector. I have to watch Star it again Wars. because yeah, yeah, we did notice when when the two uh, biker gang guys were playing the the game. So, and then the thing I didn't pick up on, but I found out uh, later on, was that 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 couple that was in there in that bar. They're actually those are Luke Skywalker's friends that were cut out of A New Hope. It's Cammy and Fixer. So if you're a huge Star Wars fan, there's a there's a very famous edited scene where Luke is hanging out with his friends on Tatooine right before. That's the a droids. wizard, Luke. <laughs> yeah, before the droids and Obi Wan and all that stuff. That he's hanging out with his friends and Biggs is there too. That's where Biggs like defects to the to the rebellion and all that. 
those two are like Luke's friends. But that's it's kind of cool to see like if Luke didn't have his journey, he'd be there with them, right? Just still the local Tatooine water <laughs> loser <laughs> drinking at a bar. <laughs> yeah, drinking blue milk. So that was kind of cool, but I did not pick up on that. Apparently, in the credits, it says their names. Um, so yeah, the, I just yeah. felt the, the sand people, Tusk and stuff. It's cool that they're giving them. You know, you're, you're finding out more about them and the whole. You got the whole Lawrence of Arabia slash Dancing with Wolves stuff <laughs> yeah. going on there. Yeah. It's fine. It's it's the a little language. long. Or, or the, the sign language stuff is kind of cool. The space. Yeah, and the space train going by, shooting them like they're buffalo or Native Americans, like. I get it. It just it goes on. It's it just felt like it's going on too a little too long. And they them training them to jump off the speeder bikes and just ah, dragged. I'm more interested in the more present. Day yeah, stuff yeah. I'm hoping. I'm hoping like, that they settle that either in the next episode or whatever. Like, I think I think we need we do need to see one more of like how he and and Fennec Shan uh, become partners, but. Well, that's, yeah, that's I'd like to see that. They explain it, but they don't have... I, I bet we're going to see like the full-on flashback for it, though. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, when he actually repairs yeah. her. Well, you know, that, that, that you point out, I don't, I don't actually need to see it, but it, I'm, I'm guessing I'm guessing we're going to. <laughs> um, so, yeah. yeah. So, I'm hoping, I'm hoping he, like, eventually, like... It sounds like he doesn't do it in the third episode, <laughs> based on Jeff's, some of the stuff Jeff's saying, but... Oh, I'm, I'm hoping that at some point he goes ham... To like finally like drive the point home that I'm not to, you know like I'm not to be fucked with. Everybody's fucking with me. Like like I, I need to finally send a message. So well, hopefully that happens sooner later. Sooner rather than later. Maybe. But in the first episodes, yeah, he just gets beat up and he just gets thrown back in the back tank. Uh, I I did think it was I don't know I did I, I did think it was really cool the the green guys whatever the hell they are. Kamori yeah. guards or moblins. Yeah, the moblins that. That you actually see that they're actually not useless. <laughs> they're actually yeah. really good hand-to-hand fighters. So, except where were they? It took them, they were supposed to be their guards. It took them like ten minutes to get to the fight. Yeah, it took, they went to take a leak. Okay, <laughs> there it is. There it is. I don't know. Like it's, I get really bugged by this stupid stuff. Like. That Twilight, the the domo of the mayor, just him speaking like this, his acting. Well, yeah, perfect English. <laughs> he's he's a hateable character. I hate that guy, but he's great. But no, but just the fact that, that he's like, speaking perfect English, I don't know. I mean, I know other Twilight. I, I guess I my my Twilight is Bib Fortuna, who kind of spoke English, kind of spoke Hutnese. I don't know what the hell he was speaking, but I like no job. He's no Jedi. You can kind of understand it, but not. And then, I guess there's other Twilights. Right. Which... Yeah, the all the other Twilights that speak basic. <laughs> the ones the, for... But in the movies, which ones? No, no. Well, no, not in the movies, but in, in Mando. Ah. You've got the brother and sister. Ah. Uh, even in this one, in Boba Fett, you got What's-Her-Face, the casino lady. Qu- question for you guys. Uh... Yeah, she dropped water on herself and started dancing, I saw. <laughs> dancing for her life. <laughs> Uh, yes. Maniac. Um, so, in you know, again, spoilers. In the second episode, what the hell happens to the Rodian? Does he get? Does he get? He gets stomped on, right? Is that what happens? Okay, never mind. I answered my own yeah. question. Yeah, he gets killed. Right, I answered my monster. own question. Yeah, never mind. by Ray Harryhausen. Yeah. yeah. Which somebody <laughs> mentioned that that could be a character from the the chessboard in the you know Chewbacca and R two D two are playing. Yeah. 
I don't know if it is or not. I haven't double checked, but that that'd be kind of I guess interesting if it was. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like I said, I liked the first episode. I liked him escaping the Sarlacc, all all that stuff. The second one, yeah, I didn't like the the Tuscan stuff as much. And this third one, I wish we could talk about it, but I I was so just. <laughs> oh, uh, it's I think it's worse than C three PO being dragged and. The whole no, 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 it is not. No, it isn't. No, it is not categorically not that bad. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is, is. not. Jeff, I, I'm going to. That is not possible. And, uh, try to talk you down from the sledge, Jeff, because that's just not. Right, yeah. <laughs> no way. The, okay, even if it isn't the fact that you could even think about comparing the two, it just shows you how bad. I'm not comparing the two. Well, I know. I, I know. No. At some point, I think it's in the second episode. They they talk about how they need to get a protocol droid. So, no. Okay. Well, that's that's throwing you off. That has nothing to do okay. with protocol droid. It's just how bad of a whole. Oh, anyway. <laughs> Let's wow. Just say, hey, right now. We're recording this right now. It's after midnight, uh, so it's Wednesday morning. I can go watch it right now, which I would have done with Mandalorian. I'm not. I might even watch it tomorrow. Well, that's fine. It's, it's not, I'm not digging it. Just <laughs> it's not as bad as fucking 3PO getting dragged around in the arena. Yeah, seriously, Jeff, don't don't say things you can't take back. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I, I stand by it. Seriously. All right, and, it, and it's both terrible, and this might be right, worse. And, and, uh, <laughs> anything else either of you wants to, to add about Mando? Or Mando? About uh, Book of Boba? Uh, uh, that it's great. <laughs> I really like it. Yeah, I enjoyed the first couple of episodes. Yeah. yeah. All right. All right. And anything, anything else, Jeff? Now that no, you're, you're on that's top of your mountain of rage. <laughs> no, watch Don't Look Up. Watch, uh, yeah, watch Matrix, the new movie. It's better than this crappy episode of Boba Fett. <laughs> All right. That's high praise. Uh, <laughs> All right. Uh, I think we're done then. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. We at Hans Shop First would like to thank you for listening and supporting the podcast. We would love to hear from you, so feel free to contact us on Facebook and Twitter at Hans Shop First. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. Reviews are greatly appreciated and help us get more exposure. Once again, thanks for listening and supporting the podcast.